Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's my birthday, and I'm not going to bring it up, and I'll tell you why tonight. We're going to go over all the things I've been right on tonight because, I mean, it's a gift to me. We're going to talk about mask, vaccine, insanity. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. First of all, let's address the thing here. What is the big thing? What's the big news of the day? I understand we have world affairs and everything's going to hell in a handbasket, but everyone wants to know, Jesse, what are you doing for your birthday? Well, first, I'm a grown man. All right, I turned 40 today, so I'm not going to come on here and use my television show to talk about the fact I even have a birthday today. I think it'd be low class. It'd be beneath me. I'm not going to bring it up. I don't want this day to just be about me and the 40 years I've lived and how great I am and all that other stuff. We're not going to talk about that tonight. We're going to move on from that now. We're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about me. What if I told you there was a driving school out there? You know, they have all these driving schools now. You, You take your 14, 15, I don't know how old these kids are, and you take them and they go learn how to drive if dad hasn't taught them how to do so already. 
And your kid graduated this driving school. So they have a little certificate, right? a little, little piece of paper or something saying, hey, uh, little Billy graduated driving school. But what if that school, what if the instructor was Helen Keller? Doesn't have the same impact, right? Certification doesn't mean as much. Before I get into masks and the American Academy of Pediatrics and Dr. Fauci and everything else, I think we have a crisis that people don't realize we're having right now in the country. We have a crisis of credibility. You see, I remember when coronavirus came out, and you remember everything I was saying, and a lot of you were saying the same things, where we were saying, wait a minute, what? There's a new virus. What do you mean everybody go home? You don't even know about anything about the virus yet. What are you talking about, everyone go home? Hold on, hold on. On top of going home, we have to stand six feet away from each other? You, you guys are the experts? You went to like 9,000 years of college and you have your fancy lab coats on now and the big brain solution you came up with is to stand further away? That, that's advanced? Oh, and, and make sure you put on a mask. A mask everyone up. Mask this, mask that, mask everyone. Even now, I'm going to go into vaccine and mask and insane stuff for kids. And I'm wondering... What if all the people who are leading our cultural institutions are dumb? Maybe, look, maybe dumb's unfair. What if they have all these certifications and all these certifications and the doctorates and everything else, what if they all came from the Helen Keller Driving School? What if Dr. Fauci went to a school and all his professors were idiots and he just got good enough grades? And this goes way beyond coronavirus. This goes to all of America. I mean, you, you and I have talked many times about the insanity going on even in uh, the military right now. It's just a random example of the military. But you see these generals, right? You see them, they're sitting there with a the fancy uniform on and nine million ribbons and medals on their chest, and, and you think to yourself, man, that guy must know his stuff. I mean, look at all those medals and, and medals and fancy things. He must know his stuff. What if an idiot gave him all those? What if he doesn't know anything? I'm becoming more and more convinced we're led by morons who don't know anything. And that they roll out these fancy titles, doctor, general, teacher, all these things to try to intimidate you and I into silence, to try and intimidate you and I into not believing the things our eyes see and the things our ears hear. I'm sorry, when I have the American Academy of Pediatrics, so you would expect right away, you've probably never heard of the American Academy of Pediatrics. But let's assume you haven't. I just said the American Academy of Pediatrics. What do you have pictured in your head? I know what I picture. As soon as I say it, what I'm picturing is a group of, a big group of doctors sitting around a table and they're excellent with medicine that has to do with kids. They're all specialists. I went to college at Johns Hopkins. I was MIT. I have this degree from here. I, have you heard I have a lab coat? for every one of my years in service. I, I, I know more about kids' medicine than everything else. That's what I have pictured. What if I have it pictured wrong? What if it's just an advocate group of morons who are certified by other morons, and you and I were supposed to believe these people are experts in something? Because here's the headline. The American Academy of Pediatrics released updated guidelines on Monday recommending that children over the age of two should wear masks as they return to school 
regardless of vaccination, vaccination status. And I'm sorry, I'm going to pause for this on a moment. And I understand we keep getting banned off social media platforms for daring to ask uncomfortable questions, but I'm not going to allow you to move the Overton window on me so much that I'm not allowed to bring up this simple fact. Unvaccinated kids, unvaccinated kids are at virtually no risk from coronavirus. None. That's not me being a conspiracy theorist. I have a year and a half of data right now. We have the deaths, we have the cases, we have everything laid out. Unvaccinated children are not at risk of coronavirus. Old people, old people pre-existing conditions, absolutely. Really fat people, absolutely. Kids, not at all. We're going to make them mask up even if they're vaccinated though? And this is the American Academy of Pediatrics? What if we're led by morons? Speaking of which, here's Dr. Fauci. When you have a degree of viral dynamics in the community and you have a substantial proportion of the population that is unvaccinated, that you really want to go the extra step, the extra mile to make sure that there's not a lot of transmission, even breakthrough infections among vaccinated individuals. So I think that the American Academy of Pediatrics, you know, they're a thoughtful group. They analyze the situation, and if they feel that that's the way to go, I think that's a reasonable thing to do. Oh, okay. I mean, they're, they're thoughtful. Haven't you heard? I mean, don't, don't worry about what your eyes are seeing. I don't want to hear about the data. I don't want to hear that we have all this data saying kids aren't really in any danger from coronavirus. Haven't you heard? They're, they're a thoughtful group. I mean, you just heard it, thoughtful. I mean, you're not thoughtful, right? You don't have any thoughts that go on in your head. You should just do what the doctor says. I mean, all these people definitely have your best interest at heart, of course. The Los Angeles, Los Angeles County, they're now bringing back the mass mandate indoor, mass mandate indoors, regardless of vaccination status. 0.01% of the population is COVID positive. The sheriff of LA County has already said, uh, that's insane. I'm not enforcing that. Oh, it's, it's not going to get better. We have the New York City Health Committee chairman calling for indoor mask mandates in delis, stores, subways, movie theaters, due to cases being up twice as much in the past two weeks, except the real numbers are 0.0002% of the city population is in the hospital with COVID-19. And it goes all the way to the top. Okay, so maybe we can't trust the American uh, Pediatric Council or Fauci or whoever these people are, but surely, I mean, the Surgeon General, I mean, he's supposed to be like top doctor, right? I mean, he has all these certifications and degrees. He's got to be so smart, so much smarter than you and so much smarter than me. He's gravely concerned. Well, Lester, what we've learned uh, during this pandemic is that masks are an effective strategy for preventing the spread of infection, and especially for kids who are younger, uh, especially for kids who are not vaccinated. We have seen Los Angeles County and other communities now begin to re-embrace the idea of mask mandates indoors for vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Is this going in a direction that you think the CDC is going to have to also embrace that strategy? Well, Lester, I think what LA County is doing is something you're going to start seeing in other parts 
of the country if cases rise in localities continue to rise and if the unvaccinated population remains uh, low. And I think it's very appropriate for localities to make these decisions about putting mitigation measures like masking back in place. Does this make a statement about the efficacy of the vaccines or is this simply a way of saying we don't know who's vaccinated and who's not, so let's put masks on everyone indoors? Well, Lester, it's not a statement about the efficacy of the vaccine, because here's what we've continued to see throughout this pandemic, is that the vaccines remain highly effective even against the variants that we're seeing. Uh, the worry, though, is we've got millions of people in our country who are still unvaccinated. What we don't want to see are worsening numbers of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. It's already starting to happen. Mm. I mean, he's a doctor. I, he's a doctor. I mean, Dr. Fauci's a doctor, and we have all these pediatricians, but all these degrees, and nobody can tell me. Nobody. I've asked. I've asked repeatedly. Nobody can tell me why people didn't die in droves when places like Florida and Texas opened up again. I live in Texas. Have you been to these places? Have you see, at least seen the pictures? People packed in bars, stadiums, no masks, having fun. Why aren't they hauling people out by the truckload in those places? If lockdowns and masks and standing six feet away and, and the vaccines and everything else, if all these things work, why are all these Floridians still alive? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, we're going to pause on all this for a moment and we're going we're gonna to do probably my favorite thing in the world. Let's talk about me. You see, the show is called I'm Right, and the producers decided today that we should do just a little mini homage to me and all the times I've been right. Do you remember what I told you when Andrew Cuomo, all this trouble was coming up for Andrew Cuomo, 15,000 seniors dead, apparently half the female population has been sexually harassed by the guy, and everybody and their brother was, oh, Andrew Cuomo's going down. And you remember what I told you? Do you remember? Here. Andrew Cuomo is not going down for this. I know that's the popular take right now. Everybody and their brothers out there telling you, Andrew Cuomo's going down. This is the end. Oh, I can feel it. Oh, there's so much. You know about politics, right? He's going to lawyer up and already has with the best lawyers out there. He's going to weather this storm because his name is Andrew freaking Cuomo. Do not get your hopes up again. Do not ever do that again. Andrew Cuomo is doing fine. His pandemic approval polling is above 50%. That's despite managing the worst pandemic response in the country. His fundraising? Oh, he's raised over $2.5 million in the past six months, and he has $18 million in cash on hand. The approval is there. The cash is there. Andrew Cuomo ain't going anywhere. Oh, and you remember the hacking, right? It came out, Colonial Pipeline gets hacked. There are all of a sudden gas lines back east. People are freaking out. And it comes out the Colonial Pipeline just paid off the hackers. And everyone and their brother was saying, well, yeah, of course they paid off the hackers. And you remember, you remember what I said about that paying? This hacker and then ransom paid thing is huge. Mr. Producer, record this because we're going to want to bring this back up again. Huge. Why? Well, it's not that Colonial Pipeline paid $5 million to hackers and they turned the power back on. And it's not that. 
What just happened was we, the United States of America, just sent up a gigantic sign to every single scumbag hacker in the world. And you know what was on that sign? You know what it said? Please come kick me. I'll pay you for the privilege. It is a huge deal that Russian hackers hacked in and shut down a critical part of America's infrastructure, our fuel lines. Do you have any idea how much of your country, your city, your state is online? Your water plants, sewage plants, power plants. You have any idea how much of it is online? Staggering amounts of it. If we have now told the hackers of the world it's open season, please come, pay, come just slaughter us and we'll pay you for it. We are about to have some very, very bad days in this country. Hmm. Well, we have China hacking the Microsoft Exchange. In fact, I dig into this a little bit yesterday. We have hacks coming by the hundred already from China and from Russia. You see, we told the world it was open season. Here's what Joe Biden's going to do about it, though. My understanding is that the Chinese government, not unlike the Russian government, is not doing this themselves, but are protecting those who are doing it and maybe even accommodating them being able to do it. That may be the difference. Thank you. Oh, they're just accommodating them and maybe helping them a little. It's no big deal. He announced he wasn't going to sanction them over it, by the way. So, again, we're still paying them. And we're not punishing anybody who's doing it. Do you think they're going to stop? Oh, and about Joe Biden. Remember when I told you this? But allow me, Jesse, the Oracle Kelly. Yes, remember, I gave myself that nickname. You're going to be disappointed. They're going to call it a press conference, and they're going to build it up as this big thing. Press conference time. Told you we'd do a press conference. Don't worry, you're going to get your press conference that thing is going to be as tightly controlled as a press conference can possibly be, and it's going to end as quickly as a press conference finally can. Mr. Producer, please write that down. So once again, whenever my prediction comes true, we can play it back for you and allow you to enjoy me bragging on myself. How controlled was it? Here's how controlled it was. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I've, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, Sorry. Oh, Sing Ming, Miss Kim. That's the president. Once he gets done bumbling through it, referring to the list of reporters he's allowed to call on. Tightly controlled. Happy birthday to me. All right. We have border numbers out, and they're really, really, really bad. Hang on for that. And remember, we have an app, the first TV app. You can watch me, watch any of our great programming at any time. You can watch it live. You can watch it on demand. Go to the App Store. Get the first TV app. As you see, it's available. Amazon, Fire, Roku, Apple, many, many, many more. Get the app today, the first TV.
We'll be back. It's really bad right now. That was Del Rio. It's really, really bad right now. That was over 300 people there. They were trying to get a hold of the women and children. The men were trying to force their way through. And I realized that this is, see, this is what happens. My job is to be interesting. Now, yes, obviously we love to inform on this show. Uh, because I care passionately about this stuff. But ultimately, my job is to interest you. You got a million and one options right here on the remote. A million and one. You choose to sit down with the first TV. And obviously, that's awesome. Not that I blame you, but in all seriousness. It's my job to be interesting. And if we hit on the same topic, night after night after night after night, it gets drowned out. But I'm not going to let this go. The United States of America, wrap your mind around this. The United States of America is being remade. We don't, we don't have a border problem now. This has gone way beyond a border problem. The United States of America is being remade. Have you seen the numbers we're talking about here? Have you seen them? Nearly 189,000 people, this is just for June, were stopped at the border, making it 790,000 since President Biden changed Trump's policies. Crossings up 450% from last year, now at a 21-year high. The, the Customs and Border Patrol seized over 1,000 pounds of fentanyl. That's more than the last three Junes combined. Let's unpack all that for a moment. Let's start with the back part of it. Fentanyl. Fentanyl is poison. You see all these overdose, overdose deaths we are sadly struggling with here in the United States of America. Fentanyl is involved in many, 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 many of those. They sprinkle the garbage in normal drugs. I mean, if there are normal drugs. And drugs people normally take. And one second you're here and the next second you're gone. It's murdering Americans. And I can't stress this enough because the same thing is going to apply when I get to the numbers of people they're catching. That's what they're catching. That's not what's coming in. What they're catching is significantly, significantly less than what's coming in. Do you know the numbers I'm hearing about how many people are going to be welcomed into the United States of America this year? Do you have any idea what that number is? Because remember, they're not keeping them down there. They don't want any more detention facility, you know, concentration camp talk. So what they're doing, instead of securing the border, they're just doing the whole matador thing and just waving them all through. Three million. Three million. That's 1% of the U.S. population. If the Biden administration continues its insane open border policies for all four years of the Biden-Harris presidency, and every indication right now is that they will, there's no indication they're going to crack down on the border at all. If they continue these policies for all four years, well, I went to community college, but three, uh, carry the one, that's 12 million more people brought into the United States of America. That's remaking 4% of the population 
in four years. That's not sustainable. That's a flat-out attempt at bringing down the United States. There's not a second way to look at it. There's not a compassionate way to look at it. There's not a, well, I mean, maybe there's some middle ground way to look at it. That's an attempt to destroy the United States of America. So I know it can get monotonous when we talk about the border. And I'm going to move on. I'm not going to stop talking about it. They're remaking our country on purpose. We must stay on it. Now, your home. You know it's a big, fat financial vulnerability, right? Because all these scumbag cyber crooks grabbing home titles. All your home titles are online now. They just hack into them. Listen to this guy. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Sound like fun? You don't have to go through that, and I can't tell you how often this crime is happening. It's everywhere. Go get home title lock now so this doesn't happen to you. Don't lose everything, including your home. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code RADIO when you do that. You'll get 30 days for free. We'll be back. I'm looking forward to this. Joining me now is my buddy, Kenny Webster. He's, of course, nationally syndicated Big Shot radio host. Always has something fun to say. I highly recommend you check out his show. Kenny, you've been all over these Texas Democrats. For everyone who forgot, we had a group of Texas Democrats break the law so they didn't have to pass a voting law and fly to D.C. Apparently now a Nancy Pelosi aide is tested positive for COVID after, after coming into contact with these people. What are they doing in D.C., Kenny? Uh, the Texas Democrats that are in D.C., claiming to be fighting for Texas, not in the state of Texas, they're, they're having a big PR problem there. They're doing a press conference. I'm very curious what they're going to be discussing there. That's about to happen any minute now. But you notice how none of them can actually articulate what is wrong with this bill? They keep telling us over and over again it's a new Jim Crow law, right? The bill essentially ends mail-in ballots. It gets rid of ballot harvesting. I'm sure you know why that's a problem. And it limits the number of mail-in voters. What a, a mail-in voter can do uh, when, when they're voting. It requires them to either have a driver's license or the very radical idea that if you want to do mail-in voting, you've got to have the last four digits of your social security number. And people will tell you there's no need for this, mind you. There's a social worker right now in Mexia, Texas. You can look this up if you want. 134 felony counts of voter fraud uh, in, in the state involving getting people from a state facility who are totally mentally incapacitated to vote. Clearly, there's a need for this law, but they'll have you believe it's Jim Crow, Jesse. Hold on. So, one, I, I think that's amazing they got Joe Biden to vote. And two, I was told this kind of thing never happened, Kenny. Okay, so it happens all the time. Somebody in Harris County got arrested last week for voter fraud. Last year, right before the pandemic, right before everything got real weird, 
people in our little community, Harris County, Houston, Texas, probably remember there was a long line at a historically black university called TSU, TSU, Texas Southern University, till one in the morning, people were waiting to vote out there. Mind you, here in Texas, we give you two weeks to go out and early vote. These people waited till the very last minute. The guy that waited, the guy at the very end of the line for a brief moment was made into this national poster boy for voters' rights. His name was Harvest Rogers, I believe. Harvest Rogers is a, a felon on parole, not probation, parole, meaning a little while ago he was in prison. As soon as USA Today and CNN figured this out, they completely stopped talking about him. But no, voter fraud happens all the time. There have been multiple arrests in Texas this year, unfortunately. Okay, well, I'm going to play a little video from one of those Texas Democrats, a Mr. Gene Wu. And I think I understand what you're talking about, Kenny, when it comes to them having a PR problem. We're sacrificing a lot more than just time away from our families. But all of that sacrifice is worth it. It's worth it to protect Texans. It's worth it to fight for the American dream. It's worth it to make sure that we have a future to leave to our children. Okay, we're gonna start with he, he's sacrificing a lot, Kenny. Why are you being so hard on him with all the sacrifice? All right, I, I, Gene Wu and I go way back. Uh, he and I have judged food contests together at Rodeo Houston before. Not, not exactly a civil friendship or anything. To understand Gene Wu, you have to know he looks at communism and socialism the same way that Jerry Nadler looks at an all-you-can-eat buffet. But, but to really, really understand Gene Wu, you've got to understand that him and his wife, Maya Shea, a local TV news reporter, are sort of like Houston's cancel culture power couple. Imagine Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, but less charming, wealthy, uh, no money, not good looking, but still equally as unlikable. These are guys that actually went out after Hurricane Harvey back in 2017 vilified Trump supporters who were doing volunteer efforts to rescue people, uh, people, people out in a community called Little Cambodia, called them neo-Confederates while they were out rescuing people after a hurricane. And my favorite Maya Shea and Gene Wu moment, right after the lockdown started last year, Maya Shea went to a Dillard's department store here in Houston, walked around with a camera in front, like, a, like her iPhone, and kept asking people why they were at work when they were at the risk of murdering everyone. Mind you, they're the only one in the department store. Ah, Jesse, I could do a whole hour on what's wrong with Gene Wu and his wife, but just know he wants you to believe this law is racist. There's nothing in this law about race. Suggesting that a, a law that's against drive-through uh, drive voting and ballot harvesting is racist is kind of like saying, Black people won't vote unless you come and pick up the vote for them or they don't have to get out of their car. Okay, so Gene Wu is a communist, an idiot, and, a, and basically a piece of trash. Why does he get elected, Kenny? I mean, these people, like every time I see some of these Democrats, I say to myself, who's walking into the voting booth and saying, man, I want more Gene Wu? Why? I, it's identity politics, right? He shows up at all the SEIU, the labor union protests. He shows up at, uh, you know, the, the fast food fight for 15 protests. But never forget, this is the same guy who last year, at the peak of the pandemic, with the George Floyd critical race theory riots happening all over America, sounded the alarm after Donald Trump tried to shut down a, a Chinese communist spy center in Houston, Texas. A lot of people forgot about this. Last year, the Houston Chinese consulate was closed after it was revealed that the people at the consulate were spies going over to the Texas Medical Center, stealing what was believed to be very important COVID research, 
Gene Wu and his wife Maya were upset that Donald Trump had the audacity to shut down a communist spy center in their own backyard, mind you. So to answer your question, why do people keep electing him? People are dumb, Jesse. They're lazy. They don't bother to do even a little bit of research. Not your viewers, though. They're very smart. <sighs> Kenny, nationally, what kind of country are we now? Are, are we red? Are we blue? Are we purple? I, I understand we've lost all the cultural institutions, but the people themselves, what are we? Uh, the United States is supposed to be uh, free market capitalism, liberty, but of course it's become something else. And as all this is taking place, it's such an ugly thing to consider. These lawmakers who are in D.C. claiming to be defending democracy while doing the, exactly the opposite, avoiding a vote, they're not just missing a vote on voter election integrity, Jesse. There's also a vote going on over something here in Texas that's a big problem called bond reform. Progressive lawmakers here in our city, Harris County, Houston, have decided that when a violent criminal gets arrested, if they don't have enough money to post bond, bail, just let them go. So far this year, there have been 92 people that are believed to be murdered by people recently released because of bond reform. It's not just a voter election integrity vote that they're missing out on. People are literally dying over a policy that they refuse to vote on. What What is the justification? Because I know big cities, New York City's going through this, LA's going through this. I know other cities are going through this as well with the same type of thing. They're catching these violent criminals and they're just letting them go. What exactly is the Democrat justification for any of this? It, it, it makes them feel better. They feel like if you get arrested, remember this is all about hating cops, right? They feel like if you get arrested, probably it's the cops' fault, probably you didn't do anything wrong. Of course, that's never the case, right? In the past two years, there have been 116 people, uh, actually 127 people connected to bond reform violence who were, uh, apparently were murdered. 116 of those were domestic violence-related cases, meaning they were women beat up by uh, some gangbanger boyfriend they had that was recently released. Three of them were unborn children, Jesse. Now, I'm sure I don't have to explain to you why Democrats don't care about that. God. All right, Kenny, is there anything else you'd like to say to me before we let you go on this day, July 20th? Uh, Jesse Kelly, huge fan. Happy birthday to you. Uh, don't worry. The world will never be a perfect place. We have to do the best we can, live a perfect life, and uh, as they often say here in Texas, we are most likely to secede, my friend. Thank you, brother. God bless you, sir. Have a great day. We got Jerome Hudson next. Joining me now is Jerome Hudson. He's the Breitbart News Entertainment Editor. Obviously, he's been with us before. And remember something as I bring Jerome in here. Do not ever make this mistake where you look at the actress or the, or the, the athlete or the musician and say to yourself, no one cares what they think. Yes, they do. A lot of people do. Entertainment is a critical cultural pillar, and ours sucks right now. <laughs> First of all, Jerome, before we get into all that, Hasbro. Everybody remembers Mr. Potato Head is now kind of misses, kind of not. I don't know that he has the equipment for anything, but Hasbro got themselves in a bit of trouble with Project Veritas. Here's a little video on it. By three to six months, babies are beginning to notice and already express preference by race. Um, there was research that looked at how by six months, infants living in a homogenous or same race neighborhood sh showed preferences for faces from their own racial groups, whereas infants living in more racially diverse environments did not show that same preference for their own racial group. Children as young as two are already using race to reason about people's behaviors and 
Um, we may see this play out in daycare or on the playground and in, in how kids are starting to choose or exclude playmates and friends. Jerome, those people make children's toys. Yeah, and it's important to point out that Hasbro has spent off some of its most uh, widely known and successful and highly sought after and purchased brands and toys like G.I. Joe, uh, Power Rangers into Hollywood blockbuster films. Um, this is a grift, Jesse. It is probably a multi-million dollar industry by which you have giant corporations like Hasbro bringing in grifters like those two individuals who I would be surprised if they actually have children themselves. Um, this is going to actually lead to a lot of people stepping and walking away forever from a lot of the brands that push this stuff. I mean, I don't have children. I mean, my kids actually have fur, a cat and a dog. But if I, mm. but I do have nephews. I do have friends who have small children. And I've actually never seen exhibited the type of language that these people are talking about. This stuff is evil, and it's going to lead not only to the destruction of these woke corporations, but quite literally to the destruction of government-run public education. Because as you know, critical race theory, the idea that, that, that white children as early as two and three have uh, racism just innately in them is going to lead to, to parents pulling their kids out of these ridiculous school systems pushing this stuff. Um, and I, I think it's I think it's actually good. I applaud this whistleblower, David Johnson. He's doing a, a service to this country. Uh, Jerome, psychologize this for me because you mentioned there's a lot of money in it because there clearly is. There, there, someone's making money off it, but it's also costing people money too. There's no question about it. We see Hollywood's ratings. They're in the toilet. We see the ratings for sports. They're in the toilet. Virtually everybody who's embracing this is seeing less viewers, fewer viewers, fewer eyeballs. So uh, it, it should be less money, but it's more money for someone. Why? What's going on? What am I missing? It has to be that at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is ideology. I mean, we just saw a recent study come out about how uh, the cable news and network news ratings are in the tank six months after Donald Trump left office, the New York Times, the Washington Post, all of the corporate media's subscription numbers, their viewership uh, and clicks on their web pages, it's all in the tank. And it's done nothing to actually lead to a course correction in their coverage, which means that they don't actually care about the bottom line as long as they have billionaires bankrolling and leaving them large endowments and investments after they die. These corporations don't actually care about anything other than influence and power. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the, the people like us, you and me, who live in the real world, like we have to actually deal with uh, the, the real world consequences of this stuff. But again, people are pushing back. There are videos of parents, many of them black parents, standing up, calling out these people running these school boards, trying to push and peddle this stuff. And at the end of the day, I do believe in the American parent. I do believe in the American people that will rise up against this. I mean, it's it's completely asinine and makes no sense. I mean, children exhibiting uh, racist views at, at six months. I mean, it's 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 completely laughable. Uh, Jerome, 
Okay, so they're left a bunch of money by some billionaires. Uh, that that leads me down another rabbit hole. Maybe it's one we shouldn't even go down today. How do we? How did we end up with such a group of communist billionaires? I mean, look, I understand everyone has problems and things to say about Vanderbilt and Rockefeller and guys like that, but they loved America. By all accounts, they loved America. We have a bunch of communist billionaires now leaving all their money to the New York Times. How'd that happen? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about people, many of them, and they don't even have to be billionaires. I mean, they live in protected, bubbled lives where their own worldviews are rarely, if ever, challenged, Jesse. I mean, trust me, I, I cover these people every day. Um, and at, at, at the end of the day, I mean, it's just very easy for them. They want to be uh, members of the it crowd. They want to be invited to all the cocktail parties. Um, they, you know, I guess we'll talk about Hollywood director Adam McKay, who's worth $40 million, talking about how the ideals of the, uh, the, the Democratic Socialists of America align with his ideals. This dude lives in Los Angeles. You literally have to drive up oh. mountains to get to some of the residences that these people live in, mansions. They own whole blocks. I've seen them. Um, and many of them have border walls and security fences around them. I, I, I just challenge everyone uh, under the sound of my voice to just call these people out, name names, stop buying their music, stop seeing their movies, and whenever you get a chance, challenge them to, if in fact they love socialism so much, then get on a raft and, and or get on a one-way uh, plane ticket to Cuba. Well, there's another aspect to entertainment. I, I, I've, I've always thought sports is actually an important part of culture. I do. I, I, I wish what LeBron James says didn't matter. What LeBron James says matters. It, it does. Yeah. It, LeBron James has a massive amount of influence. It matters. And look, I don't think Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue is exactly something that is one of the cultural pillars, but I am old enough to remember the days of Kathy Ireland and Tyra Banks, and apparently now we have somebody who was born a man. It's, it's like they have to force feed this garbage to you all the time now, and I don't get it. Yeah, uh, Tyra Banks actually uh, applauding uh, this person. Look, I don't know what it actually does to Sports Illustrated uh, is subscriber growth. I have to imagine that it doesn't really help. Um, if you if you drill down just a little bit of the people actually buying Sports Illustrated, uh, a, a lot of them uh, looked like me and you and were proud uh, of the fact that they were men, Jesse. Um, but but again, Sports Illustrated will inherit some endowment and they'll be able to say that they were woke and inclusive. And no one is actually talking about the women who are biologically women and are proud to be women whose jobs, or in this case, whose cover photo opportunities are being taken by people who were born men but can claim to be women. Um, I don't know. The... Culture war ended a long time ago, and what you have now is much of the American left uh, just shooting the non-binary Mr. Potato Head pieces that are, are, are remnants on the battlefield. But the counterculture war is raging hot. And in many ways, as I said, we are winning. Look at Hollywood, look at the ratings. No one is watching their award shows. Uh, they have to actually get people to subscribe to to monthly services to survive because nobody wants to go and sit into a movie theater and watch their movies anymore. 
Okay, so, I, I, look, maybe this is wishful thinking. I, I know because I do believe these people are all communists. I don't believe there is a bottom for them. But I like the movies, Jerome. I'm sure you do, too. I'm sure that's how you became entertainment editor at Breitbart. That's a big deal. Yeah. I love the movies. Yeah, that's, that's what I grew up doing. I want them to come back, man. I want to go, go sit in the movies and watch a, a good guys and bad guys and good versus evil. And I, 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 want, I want that again. Mm. Is there a bottom? Is there a bottom where they hit it and then it comes back? For many of them, I don't think so. I mean, the bottom line is that so many of the Hollywood elites that we're talking about, Jesse, are loud and woke about so-called oppression in the United States, but they are literally in bed making money with Nazi Nazis in China. That's what it all comes down to. Again, I'll, I'll sound like a broken record on this. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. In many cases, you just have to walk away and stop giving these people your money. As long as they are the hypocrites that they are, um, I'm talking about Warner Media, NBC Universal, um, all of these studios. The, the the studios that are thriving, Jesse, are the mom and pop shops that are actually putting out a lot of the content that people want to see. The good versus evil, the family oriented and faith oriented uh, content. They're out there, and they're really making. Uh, a lot of positive waves in the entertainment uh, space, but as, lo as long as we're talking about these large influential corporations, no, I, I don't see them uh, correcting course because they don't have to. I mean, there's just way too money to be made uh, in countries like China is run by murderous dictators. Uh, that is a sad <laughs> state of affairs. Jerome Hudson, thank you so much, man. Always dynamite. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, alligators. I have a fascination with them. Don't worry, it's going to apply in a second on Lighten the Mood. Hang on. You know I'm a defender of men. I have this reputation for sometimes being a bit of a misogynist, but look, I think it's awesome being a dude. I think we need more dudes out there, more guys, guys out there. But sometimes when the ladies talk about us doing dumb things, especially dumb things when we all get together, dumb things when we all get together on a boat, dumb things when we all get together on a boat and drink beer, sometimes on occasion, the ladies do have a point. Let's lighten the mood. All right, I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to do it. And see, that's what I mean. Sometimes they have a point about us. I'll see you tomorrow. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B &B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, 
Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.